Jen Zamparelli on 2FM with Leia Healthcare. Always a beat ahead. Visit LeiaHealthcare.ie. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. My next guest, Paul Guy, is the managing director of a global tech company and he has also been living with epilepsy since the age of 17. But Paul hasn't let the condition get in his way of his life and he is in studio today just to tell a story and let you know how you can help if you witness someone having a seizure, which I think we all need to know. Paul, you're very welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks Thanks, for coming in. Uh, First of all, can you tell us when you first started having seizures? Yeah, I was 17. I was on the way to do my leaving cert, which I believe, uh, just walking in just before I got through the front door of my school. And I think it was a combination of just the stress and yeah. some personal things that were going on in my life with my parents. And it just came to a point. Um, but I didn't know it was epilepsy. That's the whole point. Okay. And would stress be a, a fairly common trigger? There's a couple of ones. There's stress. There's um, tiredness. There's stroboscopic lighting. Yeah. Like at gigs and things like that. For me, there was an extra thing, which was the mix of blues and browns. The colours had an effect on me, but I don't think it's quite... Um, you know, well-known in the community, but it's just certain things for me. Okay. Is it very individual for certain people then, or, you know, for different people who suffer with epilepsy? Yeah, I mean, everyone has their own kind of diagnosis of it and how they deal with it, but um, in most cases, stroboscopic lightning is a huge part of it, stress is a huge part of it, and sleep deprivation is a huge part of it, but um, it depends on your own experience. Okay, well. so 17 was mm-hmm. the first time it happened. When did you get diagnosed? Not till 1997. Um, which is a good bit later. So um, I went through years of just not understanding what was wrong. I went to therapy, went to um, doctors, got ECT scans, was told as a chemical imbalance. So I didn't know what was wrong. And um, it's a very traumatic time in my life, not understanding what's going on. A very traumatic time. I'd say it was just so stressful for yourself and your family, not knowing what really was yeah, going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I had kids at a young age, so myself, my wife and my two kids had seen me have these seizures collapsing on the ground. Obviously, I can't see what's going on, but no. for them to see it, it's, it's not easy for them and in work as well. But um, I did find a way of overcoming it eventually. We'll get to that now because that's really interesting. But can you, dis- do you black out? Can you describe what is it like to have a seizure? Do you know, are you coherent? Do you know what's going on around you? I, I think doctors um, and neurosurgeons are um, neurophysicians ask yeah. that question we, you don't really know it's it's kind of almost a euphoric moment in some ways so you actually you know what's coming on <clears throat> it can either going to be five seconds or <clears throat> excuse me um, could be 20 seconds but you really go into a state of just not understanding um, what's going on around you and you just when you black out you really black out and you can't breathe Do you collapse? Yeah I've collapsed in the street I've collapsed um in the office many times, I've collapsed at home, I've collapsed at football, playing football, and you don't know, you just know, you just feel that your tongue is getting dry and you have a tick, and then suddenly, it's it's a bad, in, in some ways it's awful because you know it's about to happen. You know it's about to happen. Yeah. Okay, so you've been living with this for years now. Yeah. Um. So you so you know when it's coming on, so what, what do you do? Okay, I'll break into two things then. So, <clears throat> um, because I didn't know what was wrong, Jennifer, and no one told me what was wrong, um, there's nothing I could look up because if I hadn't known this is the issue, this is what you need to do, this mm. is before Google was everywhere. So um, I just try to count back to my breathing and um, I told my wife you know, to make sure we have water, water with me at all times. But really, if you want me to get into the, the other thing, is yeah. um, 1990, uh, Depeche Mode released an album called Violator 
which I know uh, a lot of my mates uh, love that one. But that was kind of to a dark period because I didn't know what was wrong. So to put it into context, I used Violator to help me through when not knowing what was wrong. So going to school, you know, dressing the leather jackets and all that. Looking you can imagine. Cool. <laughs> um, How did you go get away with wearing a leather jacket to school? I would have never gotten away oh, with that. Our school was pretty uh, pretty free about those sort of things. Okay. But, um, so what I used to do, Jennifer, is um, I used to recite the lyrics. So some people... Um, Everyone uses it in psychology. There's a kind of a white spinning globe, okay, or uh, sorry, prism that you kind of focus into to try to get out of the situation that you're in. It never worked for me. Okay. So what I used was album covers. So Violator is very specific, so black and it has a red rose in it. And what I would do is actually be embodied in that rose. I know it sounds a bit odd, but um, and then recite the lyrics. So there's a song called "Waiting for the Night to Fall," and then recite the lyrics for that just to help me pass the time and regain consciousness. This was all before I knew I had epilepsy. That was before? Mm-hmm. Okay. So when did you get diagnosed? When did that happen? Um, I was 20 th- 22 or 23, I think, when it was actually diagnosed. And how it happened was, um, and I'm very fortunate, um, when I worked in an architect's office, um, a colleague uh, knew someone who was on St. Vincent's Private Hospital. Mm-hmm. And luckily, and I'm very fortunate, that they were able to get me into a consultation. And as I said, three years of being misdiagnosed um, and wasted time and money, um, I went to see this doctor um, and he told me within three to five minutes exactly what was wrong with just doing a couple of tests on my left side and my right side. And he said, Paul, you've epilepsy. How relieved, or were you relieved? I mean, it's quite a scary thing to hear, but was there a sense of relief when you finally go, okay, this is it? Yeah, it is and it isn't. I mean, yeah, I mean, again, it's the educational thing. People still don't understand what epilepsy means. So when he said it to me, it was just, oh, right, that's what I have. But it shouldn't be something at fault. But it was a relief to find it, actually, no, I, I can deal with this now. Can you tell me about the campaign, If You See Me Fall Down, Will You Stand Up? What, what's that all about? Yeah, so um, I wish this was campaign was out back when I was much younger. Um, so the whole point is that, that you time the seizure. So if someone falls down, you time it. If it goes over five minutes, you need to call an ambulance. Okay. Okay, and that's happened to me many times. So that's T for time. T for time. Then you've S for safe. So make sure the person is kept safe. So the recovery position, make sure there's a lot of uh, room around for them to breathe. And then finally is to stay with them. Because just because they might have come out of a seizure doesn't mean that they're going to get up and walk around. It's but nowhere near that case. So you need to have water with them and just stay with them until they're safe. It's really important. TSS. We need T-S-S. to remember that. TSS. How long does it take you afterwards to not re- yeah, recover, I suppose, or be fully coherent and able to I suppose walk and um, when I found out what was wrong with me, and, and I, I can talk about that specific album cover, um, when it happened but um, it, it could be hours Jennifer wow. hours because you're really out of breath you're absolutely starving um, you don't know what's going on really and you're just seeing people's faces blurred and they look shocked and there's a kind of almost a sense of guilt have I done something wrong here but mm. you haven't obviously but it's it's a, and there's an element of you're embarrassed you feel embarrassed about it and it's, it's horrible so it's um, but as I said as you mature and you get older and you build in a sense of comfort with music um, you, you overcome that um, I have a clip here. So apparently there's a certain band and a certain song mm-hmm. that helps you deal with seizures when you can feel them coming on. Do you, yeah. I'll, I'll let you intro. Okay. So um, this was when I was diagnosed, okay? So 1997 I was diagnosed. You're done with Depeche Mode. I'm done with Depeche Mode. Okay. No, I'm still a big fan of Depeche Mode, but uh, I hope you don't hate me for that. But um, <laughs> So OK Computer by Radiohead came out in 1997 and it is still... 
the way, best way to put it is it's a huge release of human energy when you look at that cover and you listen to those songs and they relate to everybody. And um, when that album came out and I, I worked in the architect's office, I used to play it over and over. My boss at the time would hate me playing it in the office, but you know, it got me through stuff. But there's a specific song which is kind of um it's subterranean homesick alien. And there's a certain lyric in that that I've used to right to this day uh, to overcome the stabilisation and help me come out of the seizures. So when you feel it coming on, do you listen to this or do you get people to play this for you? What? No, I can't because if it's coming on, I won't be able to listen to anything. So I actually just start reciting the lyrics and then I'm on the album cover. So if you know the album cover, it's um, it's a bluey white wash and it has a motorway in it. Mm-hmm. And it's um, you feel safe in the motorway, but on the right hand corner you see an X and then you see Lost Child. So what I'm trying to do is walk the motorway, but not get in front of the X. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it that's doesn't. Really it doesn't at me. all. I, I completely get it. But I just want to play uh, the listener uh, a part of the song so they they can get it too. All right. Now I'm going to listen to that album today. Thanks for that. Um, come here. Does does is music a common way that people deal with seizures? Have you found out, or is this specific to you? I've, you know who actually um, a teacher of mine. She might be listening. Um, got in contact with me from secondary school, who would have known about that afterwards. And she actually explained to me that she uses music not just for epilepsy. She uses music for all forms of therapy. So I think, you know, music is an essential part of actually helping people mm. uh, understand and overcome not just epilepsy, anything. So it is essential to me, yeah. T-S-S. Time, the seizure. S, safe, keep the person safe. And S, stay, stay. with them. Yeah. T-S-S. Uh, Paul, I want to thank you so much for coming in. It is International Epilepsy Day. And just to tell us about your story and living uh, with it and managing it, it's quite incredible. Um, but I just want to say to you guys, if you've missed out on tips or if you want to play this back, you can listen back on our podcast after the show. Uh, just search for Jennifer Zamparelli wherever you get your podcast or you can head to epilepsy.ie. Jen Zamparelli on 2FM with Leia Healthcare. Always a beat ahead. Visit leahhealthcare.ie. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always.